This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Mental, mental. Health. Hey, it's Riggs, and welcome to another Mental Health Monday. It's a podcast where we talk openly and honestly about mental health, specifically at men. But as I said before, pretty much anybody can get something out of Mental Health Monday. Today, we're talking to a serious doctor. Normally, we're just dudes. Today, I'm a dude, and I'm talking to a doctor. We're talking depression. Anything and everything you've ever wanted to know about depression but may have been afraid to ask... I'm going to ask today. And honestly, I spent 15, 20 minutes with Dr. Halverson, and I learned so much, so I promise you're going to learn something out of this podcast. So hang out for it. We'll talk mood disorders, including uh, postpartum depression, how women deal with it, and how men are also being affected with postpartum depression. It's a thing. This week, our guest is Chief Medical Officer of Rogers Behavioral Health, Dr. Jerry Halverson. He's a board-certified adult psychiatrist. A laundry list of experience with mood disorders, and he specializes in depression. What is depression? Who does it affect? How do you combat depression? We'll discuss it all right now with Dr. Jerry Halverson from Rogers Behavioral Health. Now, you pretty much oversee everything, right? Yeah, I oversee everything, kind of, but my clinical specialty is depression. Okay. Uh, I've run uh, the uh, mood disorder program here okay. for several years. Okay. So depression defined is essentially what now? So depression uh, is, I can start with what it isn't. Uh, depression isn't just feeling down mm-hmm. a little bit. Depression is not being upset because things aren't going your way at work uh-huh. or maybe your, you know, the badger's or your Packers or your Somebody sports team lose. Yeah. yeah, that's not depression. Depression is an overwhelming feeling of sadness and distress uh, that affects your ability to be who you are, whether it's at home or at work. Uh, and it isn't something that is there for a day or two. Usually if depression is an issue, it lasts at least six months and sometimes much longer than that. So when sadness becomes something that's persistent and overwhelming... That's when you know this is probably depression? Yeah. I think the overwhelming piece is important for the depression really to be something that we would want to actively look at treating. It would have to affect part of your functioning. Um, Not going to work. Yeah. 
Yep. And not being able to, you know, oftentimes isolating is a big part of sure. it, not engaging in your group of friends, not sure. engaging uh, in your family, uh, finding yourself alone more, uh, which unfortunately leads to alone with drinking more, right. uh, which can be a separate problem. Do men and women deal with depression differently? Uh, oftentimes they do. Uh, historically, women have been much more likely to seek treatment. Uh-huh. Uh, they've been much more likely to kind of notice yeah. that there's an issue uh, and to seek treatment, uh, whereas men uh, tend to not seek, not seek treatment uh, as, as readily or as easily. Kind of hide it to themselves is what men tend to do. Yeah, and I think that's led to this overall misunderstanding that maybe it's more prevalent in women than men. And Mm -hmm. that is what our statistics tell us. But uh, we do know that men are just much less likely to seek treatment. So endorsing or saying that you have depression uh, is much more difficult, it seems, for men uh, than for women. You think men speaking out can help other men as well? Absolutely. I think it's important to understand that depression is common. It's certainly common in men, and, and really the only way that you're going to be able to get better or get past it uh, is to treat it. Now, oftentimes, depression, if you sit with it long enough, it goes away on its own, uh, but that can last It can last up to six months or years in some cases. And when depression is a significant issue for you and you're not fulfilling what you need to at work, you're not fulfilling what you need to at home, Mm -hmm. it can have a significant uh, cost as far as losing jobs, losing relationships, particularly when all of that is in the context of depression being a very, very curable, treatable disorder. So sure, you can deal with it and hope it goes away on its own, but you're really risking a lot as far as losses. It could get worse. Uh, Depression is a fatal illness. Uh, People with depression are more likely to try and to complete suicide uh, in our state of Wisconsin. Men uh, primarily... uh, Men have the uh, their lion's share of suicides. Yeah, I think men bear the brunt of a lot of it. Working age men, what it seems like. Yes, yes, and they're also more likely to have uh, fatal suicide attempts. Uh, women are more likely to overdose, mm-hmm. and men are more likely to use guns. The, the handgun statistic as well. I work a lot with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and they don't take a stance on the Second Amendment. They don't want to get into the politics of it, but they do focus on the education of if you're going to have a firearm, be smart about it. Know about your mental health when you're getting a firearm. Are you in the right place to have a firearm? That type of thing. I've always thought that that was a... It's a Decent way to, to yeah. approach the topic. But not only you, but other people in the house. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have it locked up and you're not the only one that has access to it, that's right. a pretty common way for teenage males to kill themselves. Sure. Uh, as well as, you said, middle-aged males. Yeah. Um, whether it's against the Second Amendment or not, the facts are most people that kill themselves in Wisconsin do it by gun. Mm-hmm. Most deaths are by the yeah. gun deaths are suicides. Yep. A lot of them are. I've, I've kept coming across in my research of depression something called persistent depressive disorder. What exactly is that, and how does that differ from like clinical depression? Is there a difference? Yes. Yeah. So per- persistent depressive disorder used to be called dysthymia, and so dysthymia might be a term that other that that people in your audience may have heard of and may have okay. been diagnosed with in the past. It's it's basically that your mood. And it never gets back to a normal state or your normal state is lower than other people's, but it's not low enough 
to be a to be diagnosed a significant mood disorder. Right. So folks that have persistent uh, depressive disorder, it's not necessarily that you're always depressed, but your your baseline is generally a little bit lower uh, as far as your mood. Um, so you operate uh, feeling less well most of the time. Right. But it's not significant enough to affect your work. Uh, you're still generally getting to work. You're probably not working as well or as effectively right as optimal you're not performing as optimally yeah you're you're able to you're at home you're kind of checking those boxes but you're not doing what you generally need to do so those are uh cases in the past that we might not have been that aggressive in treating but now we know that even a little bit of depression uh can not only cause these these troubles at home and at work sure. uh, and then once you you know lose a relationship or lose a job that's a significant issue but we also have data that tells us depression even you know quote unquote minor depression uh, which is oftentimes what this would be, is a negative prognostic factor for cardiac disease. It can cause people to be more likely to die. Let's talk about postpartum depression, which is primarily with, you think, with women, but also men can suffer from this as well, is what I've been reading, and there's not a lot of discussion about men dealing with postpartum depression. So how does it affect women and then men both? First, I guess you can start with women. Yeah, so at this point, it's still not necessarily common, um, but it does certainly happen uh, in in women, uh, approximately 5%. And what does it basically mean, postpartum depression? It would be after birth, clearly. Yep. So what is what is what services in a woman's mind that creates this? Well, there are hormone shifts in general, uh, right. but also what can cause depression is not only neurotransmitter changes and hormone changes, but also changes in expectations and changes in your life or your career. Even good changes can sure. be the harbinger of depression or can you know bring right. depression. So we talk about a, this with Dr. Raymond. There's good stress, there's bad stress. It's yeah. good to have some stress in your life. Some yeah, good but also good stress can lead more likely to depression. If you're, right. you've been looking forward to this baby and you have the baby and Having had a couple of children, it can be very challenging sure. up front, and I don't know if anybody's ever really prepared for it, but there are some people that are less prepared than others, and that can be that can certainly cause cause depression. It can this feeling of overwhelm, this yeah. feeling of, of of helplessness, and why it's particularly important to diagnose it in in mothers or new fathers uh, in particular. But uh, we've been focusing on mothers because obviously the both of them are are helping out this little helpless this new baby. child that came into the world <laughs> yeah right? that you know if you're not there and doing your job there's a big problem for that baby the baby's not going to be out right you know going to the store and 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 Going and getting needs. things now. How does it how does it affect men though? How how could a, could a man well, have postpartum depression? This is as well? absolutely more and more of a uh, something that we're learning about more and more every day. Uh, sure. I'll be honest with you. We've been really focused on the mother, uh, right? Because when things go poorly with mothers, you know, we've all seen these these kind of terrible outcomes where the depression leads to a psychosis, leads to um, you know the mother killing the children that's very very rare but right. obviously a kind of a ta- catastrophic sure uh, and um so there's really been focus on that but more and more lately and there's actually a very recent article in the pediatrics literature that tells us that uh, men can get depression uh, postpartum 
just as much as, as women can. And honestly, it's not something that we've really looked at. So part of this is that we don't have men coming forward with depression uh, or depression symptoms. But another part of it is, is that we don't really tend to look for it. In right. men like we look for it in women. Uh, but a- as you can imagine for the folks that have had children, uh, it's very it's very stressful whether you're a, a mom or a dad. I'm sure. Um, you, are, you, you can be engaged uh, in direct care, but even if you're not engaged in the direct care, then maybe you're working more to make up for mom, who at least up front is on, on, on a leave. And, and maybe you are able to take a leave uh, with your work. You should be able to take a leave with your work. But yeah. oftentimes the paternity leave isn't necessarily as long as the maternity leave. Um, so uh, there's a lot of pressure kind of going back uh, to the work and kind of feeling feeling all of that, all of that pressure. How can a man, let's say we have a new father listening that has a wife that he thinks may be dealing with postpartum depression. I've heard sometimes a man can approach his wife about that and she gets defensive. Is there a ginger, maybe a tactful way that a man could approach his wife about that and kind of troubleshoot it? Yeah, it's an important conversation to have, and it it could go both ways because obviously both of your sleep is pretty terrible at the beginning, and and it could go uh, either way. Um, But it's important to have those conversations, uh, and maybe maybe your wife would get defensive, uh, but ultimately... By talking about these conversations, make makes it easier to have the conversations. Sure. So, Recognizing there's a problem, moving forward with it. Yeah, let's, clearly, let's talk it, to somebody about this. Yeah, you know, the concern with approaching the mother uh, might be that boy. Are you saying that I'm being a bad mom? I mean, there are there are kind of yeah. better ways to have that conversation than others. But clearly, if mom knows, or if it's dad that mom is having the conversation with, if they know it's kind of coming from a a place of where they're concerned and in care, it's always going to go better. Yeah. Is that kind of a way to approach anybody you think might be depressed? I think so. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent having a conversation. I always yeah. feel it's best to, to assume that no one has talked to them because when you see someone that you think might be depressed, you think they probably have a friend or a family member. I'm sure their wife or their girlfriend knows about it. They've noticed it. Certainly. Yeah. I'm sure that somebody's talked to them. It's better to assume that nobody said anything. Yeah, That's these, what I these think. conversations are difficult to have, yeah. and you can't assume that they've been had. I agree. What are the treatments for depression? When somebody knows I've got depression, what is it? Is it just medication? Is there other? Are there other ways? Are there other treatments? You yeah. said it could go away. On yeah, its own. we have a, we have a lot of good treatments for depression. Yeah. That's really the good news uh, of this. Is you know we want you to identify it and and go in for treatment. Uh, and treatment doesn't always have to be medicines. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I can talk about medicines, and we have medicines that are helpful. But medicines have side effects. So we generally sure. bring out medicines uh, when. It's pretty severe or other treatments aren't working as well. Um, some of the treatment uh, for some of the treatments for depression really are just trying to get back into your into your regular regular life. If yeah. you find that you're isolating and the isolating is leading to other things like drinking, you know, just kind of getting back to your life. Um, can be helpful. Exercise, uh, getting out and exercising. Uh, there's great literature that tells us that exercise is a, a treatment for depression. Yeah. Uh, and that actually is, is helpful and, and won't have side effects other than if you have to get up really early in the morning or, or yeah, have to do it really the endorphins. Late. Endorphins make people happy. Exactly. They can. <laughs> they can. Um, and there's also, there's different types of psychotherapy. Uh, yeah. The first piece is reaching out to maybe a pastor or a family doc and just having some conversation 
conversations. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go on medications. Then you can see a therapist, yeah. uh, which is uh, talk therapy. Very certain uh, um, types of talk therapy are very effective uh, yeah. in depression, and we know that they work in depression. And, and engaging on a once a week basis or more with a therapist can be can be very helpful. Yeah. And then ultimately, if if that doesn't work, medications can help. Sure. Uh, oftentimes, folks do not want to take the time to do the other stuff, so they jump to medicines. Yeah. And um, for depending on the severity, you might get a different medication recommendation or a different dose of the medication. Sure. Um, are there a lot of misdiagnosis with depression? Do you see that a lot? People thinking, I'm probably depressed. I've got to be depressed. I have depression. Then saying, you know what? I don't. You may not have depression. Yeah, I think most of the time, by the time people come in, it's not necessarily an easy conversation to have, particularly with men. Yeah. There's probably something going on, right? Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's depression or bipolar disorder or some sort of other mood yeah. disorders, or depending, you know, could be caused by by drinking or something else that's going on. Um, I usually don't have a lot of people. Uh, showing up that need you send no them off and say hey you're fine go yeah, away generally not err on the side of caution if your knee hurts you would go see your doctor your physician hey my knee's been bothering me i think you should do the same thing about your brain my brain's yeah. been hurting i'm a little sad lately is this all right is this normal is this a normal amount of sadness absolutely and i and i wish we were at a point where more people were you know we had time in our lives to be more inward thinking about how we're thinking feeling and doing mm -hmm. in that space at that time uh we just tend not to uh, so I, I think if you are thinking about it and you think it might be an issue, it probably is an issue. I, this wasn't on our list, but do you think social media feeds into depression a lot, especially these days? I think social media, and we have a lot of data, particularly in kids, that more screen time uh, is more likely to lead to mental illness. And part of the screen time, it might seem like you're engaging with people, but you're not really engaging with people. No. And uh, folks that get sucked into that too much uh, tend to not be able to, you know, it affects their work, it affects their ability to function at home, mm -hmm. which can all cause and, and worsen feelings of kind of estrangement and, and can lead to isolation and depression. Well, you're looking at somebody's highlight reel on their on their Facebook feed. Well, that too. Nobody's putting their sad moments, really. They're no. putting all the happy yeah. moments. You're putting your vacation pictures, your kids yeah. laughing. You're not putting the time when you were sad and crying in the corner for an hour yep. about yep. something that happened. Yep, that's true. Most no one would probably want to look at that. No, so I'm not going to like that either. I'm just going to put the sad <laughs> face next to it. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Halvison, thanks for talking depression today. I appreciate it. If you are a man and you do feel like you may have depression, it's okay to ask for help. Just reach out to somebody and make sure that you're okay. I mean, there's screenings you can take online. There's a lot of those that can troubleshoot. I know Man Therapy, the website has a great website where you can go through a 20-point head inspection and just make sure your head's right because it's another part of your body. It's bound to malfunction every once in a while, your brain. So. And again, if you don't take care of it, things generally will not get better on their own anytime soon, sure. and you risk things getting worse. You don't change the oil on your car, it's going to break down. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dr. Halverson, thank you for coming in today. I appreciate You're it welcome. very much. Thank you. It's true. There's lots of ways to get help out there. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. That's available 24 hours a day. The Crisis Prevention Chat Line, you can text HELLO to 741-741. You can always find a friend or just call your doctor. Once you start talking about it, I promise you're going to start feeling better. Getting it out helps. Getting it out in the open is awesome. Next week, we're going to talk to a gentleman who has struggled with depression his entire life. He's almost 70 years old. How he's struggled with it, almost succumbed to it, 
and has learned to manage it in an awesome way. But he's got a great story. His name is Jim Hill. We'll talk to him next week for another episode of Mental Health Monday. You can always reach out if you'd like to share your story. I'd love to talk to you. RiggsRadio.me is the website. Talk to you next time on another Mental Health Monday or mornings on 103.7 KISS FM in Milwaukee with the Riggs and Allen Morning Show. Have a great week or afternoon or morning or whatever you're doing. And remember, make good life decisions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.